It's time for JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? A lot of people think this is the year of the Chargers. Vegas handicappers, NFL insiders. Fortunately, I've been down this road before. Another reminder that the Chargers didn't make the playoffs last year. NFL Network, another reminder that the Chargers did not make the playoffs last year. They lost in Las Vegas. Get me some anti-Charger stuff in here now. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. They have the choke gene. They choke. The Chargers with the C, they choke. I should have nine lines packed every segment destroying the Chargers. Use the phone like a weapon. I want an all-out assault from the Raider Nation on the opposition. Just win, baby. And now, here's JT the Brick. All right, we kept the Chargers open just in case. Way to go, Bobby, as we open up the aftermath. Monday after the Raiders' third win in a row. And we are really, really excited about the opportunity to talk Raider football with you today. Go around the NFL. There's World Cup going on. There's a lot happening here today. Busy, busy show. But I get another week to talk Raiders at an aggressive pace. A couple more weeks. I think the Raiders are on a roll now. As we told you, one at a time, one at a time. We've been preaching that here on this show. Calm down. Stop losing your mind. No one lost a team. Everything's good. Let's go one at a time and get to the Charger game. Raiders got to the Charger game. They beat them, and now it's a short week heading into the Rams, where I'll be traveling with the team. I'm excited. Used to be on the road with the team for years. Now, after COVID and the pregame show and the postgame show, I pick and choose some games, and uh, an honor and a pleasure that the Raiders will let me go with them to L.A. this coming Thursday. So I'm excited about that. If you got a tailgate, anything that's happening, I'll host a pregame show uh, from the booth at SoFi. Haven't been to SoFi yet. Didn't go to the Super Bowl there last year, so I'm looking forward to seeing their building and having a good time. So that's what this week is. It's a short week for me. Harry Ruiz is in for me on Wednesday when we travel out. Thursday, no show for me. Q's doing an extended show as I'll be hosting the pregame from SoFi. Then Friday, I come back, interview the coach for TV and radio, and we're at the end of the week. So a very short week for me to get to me right now, 702-365-9200. Raider Nation, unite! Take out the Chargers! I told you what was bigger than anything was to wreck the Chargers' season potentially. Wreck their season. Beat them, because if the Raiders make it or they come up short, okay. We know the big picture. We talk Raiders every day. But take the Chargers out and do it, and the Raiders were able to do that. It was the most dominant third quarter I might have seen in Allegiant Stadium history for the Raiders. They played in the third quarter with Devontae the way they're supposed to play. Attack, attack, attack. I thought the defense was really good, exceptionally strong, played with an intense motor. So many guys were making plays, including Chandler Jones. If I could give Chandler Jones the key to the city today, I would. He showed up and had a big game. We've been waiting for that. Derek Carr and the deep balls to Devontae were fantastic. And once again, Josh Jacobs. But the O-line, the D-line, Nate Hobbs returning. Everything on special teams was upgraded and improved. So we really have something cool to talk about today is the way this team looks. And this is the way you want the Raiders to look next year. You want the team. You know the team's going to be better next year. You know it. Uh, Dave Ziggler's going to have draft picks. They have money in free agency. Uh, Depending on who stays and goes, you know they're going to upgrade the team and they're evaluating the team. But this is the way the Raiders should be playing and winning games. And I'm impressed. I think it's it's important to see this team play at this level in front of the fans at home. Also, the Cliff Branch presentation at halftime was mind-blowing. 
mind-blowing from an avant-garde Broadway show play production. Congratulations to everybody I work with with Silver and Black Productions for pulling that off. That was really cool. And then to see all the gold jackets get introduced on the sidelines. Where else are you going to find that? With Tim Brown, Marcus Allen, Charles Woodson, Dave Casper, Ron Wolf, Ron Mix, Art Shell, the Mad Stork, Ted Hendricks, and the great Jim Otto. And I just looked at everybody who was there at the time and how they were enjoying the night. Just a great time. Peyton Manning in the booth with Phil Villapiano. All the celebrities that were there. Tower of Power performing. How cool was that? And a good opportunity we had for the postgame show in the Modelo Cantina. So it felt like a long day yesterday, man. My day was long yesterday, man. That show that I did that ended at 11 at night after the postgame show felt like 4 in the morning for me. But we were talking to Raider fans nationally, having a good time. And it's a high-spirited team with, with a lot of people on the same page playing well. But they're expected to do that, as we've always talked about. They are expected to do that. This is the expectation of the Raiders. They're supposed to play at this level. They're supposed to win. They're supposed to dominate games and play like this. And I'm happy it's happening now. Okay, so a couple other big topics. I'm really pissed off that they got flexed out of Sunday night football because I'm a season ticket holder. I don't get my tickets for free. I don't go into a bucket and say, hey, can I have two free tickets? Yeah. I pay for my tickets, and I pay a lot of money for my tickets. I want Sunday night football. I don't like the fact that they flexed it. For those who think, well, you know, year one, we had a lot of primetime games. Fans weren't allowed to go. Year two, you had to be vaccinated to go. Fans didn't go. So, you know, sold out. A lot of fans went. And a lot of fans, remember, here's the hook. A lot of fans sell their tickets for primetime games because they think they're making more money and all of that. But they're not real fans. If you sell your tickets to a bunch of games, you're not a Raider fan. You're a ticket broker or you're a Raider fan out of convenience. The diehard Raider fans that I'm with in the black hole don't sell the tickets to anybody. So I wanted to go to Sunday Night Football. I told you when the schedule came out. I told you when the schedule came out, the Raiders got royally screwed by having only one primetime game at home. Yeah, they got primetime games you know, in Kansas City. Monday night, a game they should have won. This Thursday night's a primetime game on Amazon Prime. But this is the game that I think everybody wanted to enjoy over the holidays, Sunday night football, and they took it away. And they clearly took it away because the Raiders were, were struggling early in the year. They lost a lot of games. So we always knew they could get flexed, and they flexed them. And that's why the NFL is so powerful. They want the best game available at all times. At all times, and that's why they brought in the flex rule, and the Raiders got flexed out of it. But I think Raider fans on their flagship station should react to that and be a little bit pissed off about it. Plus, the Belichick versus McDaniels, I thought that was made for primetime, made for television, a great backstory. The Raiders have won three in a row. They could win four in a row, go into five in a row to New England. You know, so I'm not mentioning the P word. I'm not saying playoffs. I just want to take it one game at a time. But that's a big game. From the tailgate at night to starting earlier, the lot opening up earlier, uh, the people have to stay over a Sunday night instead of doing all that, which helps the economy here. I'm pretty bummed out about it. I think it's a cheap move. I think they should have let that game be here. People like the Raiders on primetime. And hopefully next year this doesn't happen again. Hopefully Mark Davis gets rewarded with a couple of more primetime games because the last I looked, the primetime games are pretty good when they're in Vegas and people really enjoy them. Hey, as I open up the show, I just want to make a quick announcement. My buddy Tori came here from Remy Martin, met me before the show. I was able to donate a bicycle 
uh, for Goldfingers and Mulligan's Bar for their 10th annual toy and bike drive. As all donations will help support underprivileged kids. We need more bikes. There's not enough bikes now. So if you can buy a bike, I did it today. I went to the Walmart Superstore on Trop and Fort Apache, went in real easy into Walmart, bought a bike. You could buy one quickly. It doesn't take that much time. If you can make a donation, feel good about it. The Raiders are playing, and it's fun. I think it's fun to help out kids when they see a bike under the tree. I know Chet Buchanan does that in town. He does a great job with him. Uh, I just think it's be, it could be nice if you could do that. Remy, Martin, and Mulligans want to exceed last year's total of 50 bikes, and they need more. They need more, and they need a big push this week. Big push. So a bike or a scooter, a Goldfingers and Mulligan's Bar and Grill for the 10th annual. And Goldfingers Bar and Grill is at 1115 East Pile Road. If you need anything on that, just hit me up. Hit me up on Twitter, and I'll retweet it, and I'll get you set up with that. So nice to do that today. I appreciate Tori coming in studio and grabbing the bike from me. Wow. So the Raiders win, and what happened with that game was the game got out of control early. I did not feel good about that game. Period. I thought they came out flat again. They came out flat again at home. They weren't ready to play. They weren't. They came out, and it looked ugly early, and I thought there were going to be some problems. We knew the Chargers would go for it on fourth down. Everybody knew that they were eventually going to go with it, even on special teams. So J.K. Scott standing at his own 24, but it's a fake punt, and they go to the up man, who he's got the first down. They snapped it to the up man, Joshua Kelly, the backup running back. And he gets to the 44 just outside the right hashes. Picks up five yards and a first down for the Chargers. All right, so the Chargers came there saying, we're going for it. We're going to go for it on fourth down. And they did it the first chance they could on a fake punt. Just lesson to be learned. This is what this coach does. Spent a lot of time last week talking about that. Then the Jacobs fumble. So Josh fumbling early in the game was not a good sign. Collins in motion. Snap. Car back to pass. Pocket holds, dumps it short. Jacobs has it at the 25, spins back towards the middle, balls out. And it's still loose at the 26. The Chargers say they have it. Matt Collins is pointing the Raiders' way. Looks like all but two players are right there on top of that pile. Now, Jacobs definitely doesn't have it. He's sitting up away from the pile. Chargers are still pointing to our left. No signal yet. I'm looking for the Chargers do have the ball, Link. Yeah. Not a good start on any level. And then the car pick six really made this early a house of horrors. It looked like this game was going to get away from the silver and black. Derek changes the play with three on the play clock. Now backs into the gun again. Gets the snap. Off to his left. Looking left. Fires a slant. Almost intercepted. Now it is picked off. Batted in the air at the 10. Five. Touchdown, Chargers. Bryce Callahan off the deflection, but there is a flag down at the 29 where it was batted in the air. So this game was not what we expected here. Uh, The Chargers are up 7-0 after one. They go up 10-0. And if the Raiders didn't react quickly with this Josh Jacobs touchdown, the game could have got away with them with Justin Herbert and the Chargers playing well. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. Has the first down in the big hole. 15-10. 5. Touchdown Raiders. That hole opened up like last week. And Jacobs does it again. 7.52 to go in the second. A big spike. A big play. And the Raiders back in the game. That was massive. They needed it at that time. And Josh Jacobs, who ended up with 26 carries, 144 in that touchdown, was exactly what the team needed at that point in the game to get him back in the game. I thought the building was quiet. I thought there was no energy. 
I didn't see a lot of energy from the players. It just didn't look like it was going to be good. But it's also important for Carlson to get going again. Remember, I think he needs 12 points a game. Three field goals equals nine. Three touchdowns with extra points equals 12. That's the number that I set as the standard for him. If he gets two, this was a 55-yarder. This was no chip shot. Ball right between the hash marks. Solid snap. Cole gets it down. Right-legged boots a line drive towards the uprights. And it's good. He snuck it inside the left upright. And the Raiders with 217 to go before halftime. Had another 50-plus yard field goal from Carlson. And we're tied at 10. Now that was 10-10 at that point. I would have took that and said that's a victory getting to halftime. But a dicker, the kicker for the Chargers, got one in there, which was really important for them. So they ended up getting a score at the end, and then they get the ball back to start the third quarter there, which has been a little bit of a problem at times for the Raiders, but not in this third quarter where the Silver and Black came out and they were really strong. Eckler with 90 receptions and maybe their best player coming into the game fumbles. Crosby bringing pressure off the edge. The dump down to Eckler at the 18. Blockers in front, 25-30, and he takes it out. The ball's on the turf. Raiders pointing at it. There's a scrum for it. It's still loose, and Hobbs picks it up at the 35, and he's chopped down at the 32. They knocked it out of there. Austin Eckler had picked up the first down, but he lost it as he was falling to the turf. And the Raiders with a takeaway here early in the third quarter. How about Lincoln Kennedy with the balls out from the fourth deck? How does he see that? Lincoln, unbelievable on these calls with Jason Horowitz. And then it was the Devontae Adams show in the third quarter. Devontae was absolutely on fire. Here's touchdown catch number one here. It's a big one. Jacobs to the left of Carr and the shotgun. Snap. Back to pass. Look left, lofting left, to the end zone. Adams grabs it falling down. Touchdown, Devontae Adams. He was on his backside, and the ball landed in his lap. One play, one touchdown. The degree of difficulty on that catch, if you go back and look at it, was really hard when he came out of that. There was tight coverage. He turns. The ball's there. The defender misses it by a pinky, and Devontae's able to catch that. But the fleet flicker is the highlight of the season so far. A trick play for the Raiders that clearly took the Chargers off guard. Josh Jacobs, 74 yards on 13 carries, and he gets it again. Pitches it back to Derek Carr. Looking downfield for Devontae Adams. It's right at the five. Touchdown, Raiders. And that's the even more glorious. Again. That's even more glorious. When you can throw a flea flicker in there, catch the defense completely off guard, and Devontae Adams runs behind the Chargers defense. Two Derek Carr throws here in the third quarter, and both have been long touchdowns to Devontae Adams. This one from 45 yards out, and the Raiders lead the Chargers 23-13. So that was pretty much ball game. I mean, there was there's some duress late in the game. Here we go again. I do that famous walk from the press box to the Modelo Lounge, and all hell breaks loose. And you know Justin Herbert's going to make a drive. He's going to make some plays here. But the Raiders, to close out the game, kept the ball in bounds, made plays when they had to. Devontae outscored the Chargers. In that third quarter with two touchdowns there, and the Raiders put a punctuation on it. So eight seconds to go. Chargers, they could go for a short pass and maybe let Justin Herbert try to throw it 60 yards for Hail Mary. They could try the same thing. So why you need a rush? They don't really bring through it. He settles into the pocket. Fires near side. It's caught by Carter, but he's tackled in bounds. Clock's going to roll. Sam Webb ends the game with a tackle. 
and the Raiders win their third straight. Sam Webb tackled DeAndre Carter inbounds at the 49-yard line, and it's a Vegas victory. Compass Media Network's uh, Jason, nice call with Lincoln Kennedy. And those are the highlights of the game. Very strong performance. The game was won in the third quarter. They were fantastic in the third quarter. That's the way they should play. Take deep shots. Can we get on the same page with these deep shots that are open? They're open. Go deep. They're open. When I say go attack, it's open. I'm not looking to throw it into triple coverage. The deep ball is open with Devontae. It is open especially when you can establish the run. So what is the philosophy of the team? It's hand the ball off to Josh, work play action, and throw deep. I think Derek is better with a deep ball than a contested ball over the middle. Foster Moreau had a big catch. Guys got banged up, got back out on the field. I love the intensity. I thought the body language was great. I just thought everything came together in this game, and they beat a rival, and they're one game back of the Chargers here with a short week with the Rams. So today is the aftermath. We celebrate the victory. We'll do that, and we'll get ahead of the Rams tomorrow here on a short week. Chris in West Oakland, as always, start us off. Chris, go ahead. Whoa, whoa, Chris, that's not going to work at all. That phone line is not working. Bobby, let's get up Gangster Raider. We'll get him up to start us off in a minute. Let's get the calls up. Gangster Raider, you're up next. Start us off. What do you got? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. It's not Gangster Raider. Go ahead, buddy. What's your name? Uh, Go ahead. Hardcore Raider. Go ahead. You're on the radio, buddy. Go. I got you, man. So, I think the team did a great win. You know, I'm really uh, grateful for Chandler Jones, everybody stepping up from, uh, you know, the coaching staff. Josh Jacobs, uh, Derek Carr did good. Devontae Adams. But, you know, the main the main word of the day, like, is I'm pretty fired up about this flex schedule. This happened to us a couple of years ago. But, mm-hmm. you know, the word is T-U-C-K. So, don't get it twisted with what I'm going to say. But the NFL tucked the Raiders again. And they did it to us a couple of years ago. And it just – you know, I get it that we're not winning games and stuff, but this team just needs to use this as fuel to our fire because they keep tucking the Raiders and flexing us out of games, and it happens all the time. So we're going to win this week. I feel confident in that, and they just got to keep it rolling. And we go into the Patriots game, and we could end up being 500, and we'll see how it goes. So let's go, Raiders. Yeah, I think that's the way to look at it now. I'm not looking too far ahead, but – you got to beat this Rams team. They're decimated by injuries. The whole league's banged up here. You got to win that game. And then if you do, you get added time off for the Patriots at home, which could get the Raiders back to 500 at 7 and 7. Absolutely. That's going to be a topic on this show coming off Thursday if the Raiders win. And we get in here on Friday, and the Raiders are one game away, and they have to beat the Patriots. We got Chris back, hopefully on a better line. Go ahead, Chris. What's happening? Hey, JG. Yeah, you were breaking up on me there, too. But I'm a little disappointed like you. I love primetime Sunday night games. Um, but as been my philosophy since we started out 2-7, and seven, not even looking forward to the Patriots yet. We, As I said on Friday, win, and you know what we get to do? We get to talk about another week. We've still got a pulse. We've still got a heartbeat. And I'm with you. The couple of negatives I'm going to talk about first, which there wasn't a lot yesterday, I don't know why this team comes out flat. Maybe it's a question you can ask Coach McDaniels at one of your one of your interviews. Why the reluctance to play with pace early? Why the reluctance to go no huddle maybe the first series? Just to pick up the pace, just to breathe a little life into this. I'm not saying come out and go hurry up, you know, frenetic two-minute offense. But let's go no huddle so we're not constantly 
fighting the play clock down to 2-1-0 and zero before we run it. I think that would help the offense a lot. Defensively, listen, they played their best game of the year yesterday. Chandler Jones finally showed up. They got the turnover they needed. Um, I, I had a little deja vu, though, on that 4th and 12 play when they gave up a 35-yard touchdown, and I'm thinking, hell, here we go again. But the defense held tough, and, and they held tough, and they just got it done. I'd also like to see Coach McDaniel be a little more aggressive going with the knockout blow. I thought they fourth and one with Josh McDaniels running the ball and a defense that's still not great. Give the ball to give the ball to Josh Jacobs. Pick up the first down. Score a touchdown there and end the game. That being said, as I said on the post game, JT, all the all the credit in the world for Coach McDaniel's. Whether this team makes the playoffs or not, goes on a miracle run or not, he's proven to me that he can keep a group together. You know, I've been I haven't been one of these guys on here advocating fire him earlier like they were. Although I've always been skeptical of Patriot coaches, but the guys earned my respect. That the one question everybody had about him from his days in Denver, he lost the locker room. Well, the Raiders were 2-7 and seven and they're playing as hard as they can every single week. They're playing like they still got a season to play for, and that starts with the head man. So McDaniels gets all the credit for that in the world. Um, like I said, I'm just I'm glad this defense showed up yesterday, JT. Only gave up one touchdown. Oh, shrugged off a... Uh, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm in traffic here. Shrugged off a slow start, and they closed the game. They, for once, didn't roll over, didn't allow Herbert to go into the end zone and force overtime. I'm proud of this group for the way they're fighting. I'm not going to talk playoffs. I'm going to look ahead to the Rams. A very winnable game, just like I said Friday and it said every week. Let's beat the Rams, and we got a pulse going into the Christmas season. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you Thank later. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. You know, the Rams, that would be a complete letdown. The Rams are still the world champs. They have Super Bowl players all over that roster, but a lot of their core players are not playing. They're down for the year. There's no need to rush them back until next year. Uh, the Raiders can't have a letdown. I thought what was really important after the game was Coach McDaniel's speech afterwards, and then Derek Carr brought the team together and said, don't go out tonight. I thought that was really good. He said, don't go out tonight. Get home, get your rest, and get ahead of this. That was important. You know, you can't have guys getting into Maseratis and Rolls Royces and hitting the strip and just going out with a short week like that. And again, these are grown-ass men. They can do whatever they want. But we've seen what happened around here in the past. After a weekend or into a bye week and all that, the team needs to be in lockdown and get ready on a very short week for the world champions. I don't care what sport you play. When you're the reigning champs with that coaching staff, you're damn good. And Jalen Ramsey, other players on that team, Aaron Donald, look at the other players that they have all over. They can win a game. And the Seattle game proved that yesterday. The Raiders are going to have to play better than they did in L.A. against the Chargers to open up the season. And they can't play slow. And for everybody who asks me, look, the coach, when I sit down with the coach on a television show that's based on the Raiders, it's the Raiders TV show. It's not the JT The Brick show. We preview the upcoming team. We don't analyze, We don't criticize the coach on the couch about not starting fast. But it is a fair question, and I bring it up on the show all the time. I think they need to play faster. The problem is it's a good problem when Derek is able to read the defense. When Derek comes to the line, Derek overlooks the defense, and he makes checkdowns and checks off of that, and sometimes there are touchdowns to Devontae. So that works well. But what I always tell people is the amount of money – excuse me, the amount of time wasted in the first half at the line of scrimmage with the snaps going off with two seconds 
constantly is a concern to me because you need that time later in the game. Now, you can look at it two ways, the first half and the second half. Don't do it in the second half. I would just like to see them get in and out of the huddle quicker, get to the line of scrimmage with 18 seconds to go, snap the ball with 12 instead of snapping it at 2 or 3 because the other team looks right over Derek's shoulder and sees the play clock, and they know when they, they have a pretty good idea when the ball's coming out. But Josh McDaniels and Derek are in charge of the offense. They like to look at the play ahead of time and make their adjustment. I like when Derek's playing under chaos, and I like when Derek's taking shots. I've been saying that since he started off 0-10 and turned his career around here. I like him faster. Gangster Raider, you're up next. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Hey, what's up, JT? You took the words right out of my mouth because the um, games after the bye, they were all supposed to be winnable games, and we lost all of them. So we can't come in here thinking it's a winnable game. You know what I mean? We got to look at them as the world champions and get them the respect that they have and come in there and focus, especially on a short week. But about this game, I want to say, and about the team, we I like the way it's, it's, it's forming because we started off slow, which I didn't expect. I thought we were going to start off hot and um, keep going. But the way it's, it's forming and gelling, it's like everything happened organically. You know what I'm saying? Because we started off slow, we had to figure out the line. We finally got the offensive line together. Then, you know, we had players that we thought were going to be there that weren't there. We had to make adjustments on that. And now I feel like everything's starting to jail. The defense had the best game of the year. And shout out to the defensive coordinator and all the coaches, especially Josh McDaniels for the play calling and um, PG for the defensive play calling. He put the people in the right positions to make the plays. And it seemed like everything's starting to jail and it's happening organically. It's not forced. You know what I'm saying? It's not being like, you know, we, we had to go through our uh, lumps and bumps and, mm-hmm. and bruises to get to this point. And I like the point that we're at. You know what I'm saying? And like you say, I'm not going to talk about playoffs yet, but we're in the hunt. When they show the little graphic now, they got us in the hunt. You know what I'm saying? So if we can continue to take it one game at a time and do what we're supposed to do and handle our business, we can make it. Uh, if not play, like you said, we play spoiler for the Chargers. We could play spoiler for a bunch of all the other teams. And also, at the end of the day, we might end up with a um, playoff um, berth. Mm-hmm. But anyway, also, Josh Jacobs, this is Josh Jacobs' team. Remember I told you that after, like, that first um, mm-hmm. win? I think our first win was against Denver, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so yeah. this is Josh Jacobs' team. And um, as Josh Jacobs go, looks like we go. And I want to tell Raider Nation, just stick together. You know what I'm saying? Get behind Josh McDaniels. I'm finally starting to see – what JT was talking about, and thanks for JT for um keeping me from jumping off the ledge because I was I was thoroughly disgusted after that um I think week four week five game. Yeah. But anyway, Raider Nation, stand up. We in the house. See you in um um LA Thursday. JT, holla at me. I'm you gone. Got, you see him. See you there on Thursday. I'm excited to go. I'm excited to go and see Raider Nation on the road in Los Angeles. Look, the team. I wasn't going to jump ship because I got to do a job. I'll never jump ship. I always have my back behind the silver and black, and, and I love this team, and I want them to win every game, but it was rough sledding early because there were games that they just lost that were gut punches. Arizona, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, New Orleans, a complete no-show, and I'm telling Bobby before the show started, three in a row, man, what could have, you know, if they lost the last three, what these last three weeks could have sounded like here? I mean, I don't tap out. I've never tapped out on anything in my life, but it would have been really difficult because other people in this town were ready to talk about the draft, were ready to talk about the coach in a negative fashion every bleeping day. Every bleeping day. And I get it. That's what happens in sports radio. Sports radio can be either super negative or a day like today, semi-positive. Semi-positive. 
There's plenty of days to be negative here, and I think we should celebrate this. One other point I want to make. The biggest story in the NFL is Jimmy Garoppolo's gone for the year. He's on the schedule. That's a big deal. With Garoppolo at 100% in that Niners defense, good luck winning that game. I think they can. They could have, but they'd need to play the perfect game and thread the needle. Now, with Brock Purdy in there, anything could happen. As Fred Bolitnikoff told me three weeks ago, get to the Charger game. I saw Fred at this game, got there, they won. Now get through the Rams game. We'll come back here on Friday. We'll have a week to have a real Patriots week and really get after it with my vast resources of Boston and Patriot insiders. And that game will build up to be a great game. I wish they just didn't flex it. And I think Raider fans should come in and represent the Shield and get pissed off at the league for flexing out of that game. That was not necessary. It was not necessary to flex out of that game with the Raiders winning three in a row. If the Raiders didn't win three in a row, then I could see that. But the fact that the Raiders have the most momentum they've had all year, the Patriots have the greatest coach of all time, they've had the most recent dynasty, I think it was important to leave that game in Vegas so the whole country could see Allegiant Stadium, the lights, the strip, and enjoy a great night of football here in Vegas. I'm pretty bitter about that. And... I, I, we all knew it was coming when the Raiders started off with only two wins and the season was getting away. And this is what happens when you don't take care of your business early. The monologue brought to you by Resorts World. Happy birthday to my friend Scott Sabella. I went to his 60th over the weekend. It was one of the greatest parties I've ever been to in my life, especially when Luke Bryan showed up and played a set. The fireworks, everything at Resorts World. They are a proud partner of our show, just a part of this epic weekend as we continue. More of your phone calls on the Raiders' momentum as they've won three in a row. Yeah, the third quarter was where the game was decided today. Um, you know, coming out of the half, you know, we had a good screen going, fumble, and then we give up a, you know, a, a tough pass in the end zone. It was really a good throw and catch. We were right on him. I don't believe that Brandon Staley is going to be the answer for the Chargers. I don't. I, I don't like his style of coaching. But if they start winning, this Charger team should be a 10-11 win team. Just waking up in the morning, they should be a 10-win team. And the fact that they're 6-6 six and six and the Raiders just beat them in a big spot, uh, I looked at the Chargers' schedule compared to the Raiders' schedule, and the Raiders' schedule is more difficult. Remember, the Raiders' schedule was front-loaded and back-loaded. It was easy in the middle, and the Raiders blew it in the middle of the season. Now for the Chargers, they get the Dolphins at home, as that was uh, that was flexed. So how the Chargers get in games flexed in, you know, that's what's interesting to me. They're not very good. Uh, then the Chargers play the Titans at home. Then they're at the Colts which is Monday Night Football. Colts, Colts are a disaster. Again, another game the Raiders lost, which is mind-blowing. Then the Chargers play the Rams. That's a home game for them. That's Sunday Night Football. Like, they're getting another Sunday night game. Then they end the year at the Broncos. So you got to figure the Chargers, their next two games are really tough. The Dolphins and the Titans. If they lose one of those games, they have to run the table. If they lose two of them to the Dolphins and the Titans, I think their season's over. Because I think the Chargers will end the year beating the Colts, the Rams, and at the Broncos. So we need a couple of more losses for the Chargers there. And the Raiders' schedule, again, you get the Niners and the Chiefs and the Patriots. That's never going to be easy. Schedule for the Raiders, they catch a break because there's no Jimmy Garoppolo playing now. And obviously the Rams aren't at 100%. The Niners' story was the big story that I talked about on my show last night. Phones were packed. Yeah, tweets were unbelievable. 
And it looks impossible now for the Niners to win. Not that they can't win with Purdy in the regular season, but can they win three playoff games in the Super Bowl with Mr. Irrelevant, the last quarterback, the last player taken in the draft? I don't see that happening. I was there when Jeff Hostetler took over for Phil Simms and won a Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer I saw win a Super Bowl. I saw Brad Johnson beat the Raiders and win a Super Bowl. They're all good quarterbacks, not great. This Purdy guy has no track record. So the Niners are in deep trouble there, but they got a Super Bowl roster without the quarterback. And Baker Mayfield was released today. I'm a big Baker fan with the OU connection with my son going there. I love Baker Mayfield. I think he's got Baker Mayfield got played for two franchises in his life. The bleep in Cleveland Browns, who could be the worst, and Carolina that stinks. So what happens if the next thing you know, Baker Mayfield's playing for Pete Carroll in Seattle, or he got drafted by Pittsburgh for Mike Tomlin or John Harbaugh or someone else? Sometimes guys play in bad programs and it crushes their career. Could Baker Mayfield get a shot in San Francisco? I don't think Kyle Shanahan would do it. I wouldn't be shocked. So that's where I'm at today. Big break for the Raiders' schedule coming up here. They have to take advantage of it. Al in Vegas. Thanks for holding. Al, you're up next. Go ahead. Hey, JT. What's going on, man? All good, Al. What's happening? Hey, man. How sweet it is to be a Raider fan right now, man. I know our season didn't start off good, but to get these last three games, I called you back after we beat the Broncos, man, and I was telling Raider Nation, just be patient, you know, especially how you were saying, you know, this new regime and all that. And uh, I cannot wait for, we're going to call it Blackout Thursday, our other home in Southern California. Um, and uh, I hope Raider Nation shows out, our team, you know, mm-hmm. keep building the blocks, man. They're doing great. And, you know, we got, of course, everything's got to be fixed. You know, if, uh, you know, whatever we made mistakes on our last game, you know. Mm-hmm. But other than that, JT, Feels great to be a Raider fan. Good, man. good for you. I'm happy you're in a good mood. Appreciate the call out. Thanks for checking in. And hopefully the Walla Renfro story is going to be big this week on a short week because as Josh McDaniel spoke today, we'll play some of that sound. There's no practice this week. They're just having walkthroughs. And he clarified that. So today a couple of guys, you know, guys come in, they make their way in, they get treatment. Uh Tuesday's typically a day off, not here. They'll go through walkthroughs, they'll learn the roster, but they're not going to have a, a practice in pads. And it's going to be tough for Waller and Renfro to come in without practice and be able to play. I think they should be able to do it. I think they should be able to do it. They're professional players here. But there's a lot that goes on in a short week that doesn't happen in a long week. A lot that goes on that way. And I hope those guys are ready to go. One more quick thing on the Rams' schedule. So the Rams, oh, God, the Raiders have to win this game. The Rams have lost seven out of their last eight games. Okay, so they lost to the Dallas Cowboys. They beat Carolina. Then they had their bye week. They've lost every game since their bye week, every game. They lost to the Niners 31-14. They lost to Tampa Bay 16-13. They lost to Arizona 27-17. They lost at New Orleans 27-20. They lost to KC 26-10, and they lost to Seattle yesterday 27-13. So that's six games in a row they've lost. And if you look at that, uh, they've lost eight of their last nine. That's the number. Eight of their last nine. Raiders got to win this game. You cannot get the Rams to break a six-game winning streak against you in L.A. in front of your fans. Raiders have to be electric and explosive in that game. Sal's in Vegas. What's going on, Sal? Thanks for checking in. Go ahead. Yes, sir. How's it going, JT? What's happening? Man, what a good day it is today. Oh, man. 
I was at the game, and, uh, you know, just like you, I was a little concerned when we started out flat the first quarter. But I tell you what, man, after that halftime, seeing that number 21, brings, I mean, that was mm-hmm. that just brought goosebumps when that guy came out in the field and he ran yeah. the length of the field. And, I mean, the energy and everything where I was sitting at in 123, man, it just it – just, bolted everybody i could i can't even describe you had to be there but man i'm so glad that you know the team is finally you know playing the way that we knew that they can play and uh you know it it makes everything easy i'm happy for the raider nation i'm happy for you guys you guys don't have to hear all of us moan and groan about everything and it's just good times man and it's perfect timing with you know with the fan appreciation event coming up tomorrow mm-hmm. which i'll be at good um it's just it's just awesome time right now and i'm really seriously man i think that this team continues to play they are they have been playing especially in the third quarter man the rams are going to be in for it man and, and it's going to be it's going to be so awesome I'm, I'm really seriously thinking about just getting some last minute tickets and going out there because this is going to be a show for everybody and it's going to be it's going to i really got a good feeling we're going to pound these dudes man it's going to be yeah it'll be a good game man i'm just happy to be a raider fan and i'm glad we're going in the right way and it's all positive vibes, man thank you i don't think it's going to be an easy game against the rams at all i think it's going to be a bloodbath i think it's going to be tough i think the rams are going to come hard it's the raiders in la rams know the brand of the raiders in la sean mcveigh this is going to be a tough game a couple other points i wanted to bring up here while we got a moment to take a breath i saw mark davis saturday night at an event at and mark davis and i talked about a lot of things and we talked about cliff branch mostly and my wife and i and mark we've known cliff well he's mark's best friend And I had an idea what was going on for this tribute for him on Sunday. And when I found out when I got to the stadium early and they were done with rehearsals for this and Plunkett and Fred Bolitnikoff was going to be there, they had an actor playing Tom Flores. But the key to that tribute to Cliff is when they came out and they explained that Cliff was a track star. He was a track star at the University of Colorado. And they had four of the U.S. men's track stars So when I talk to people about this behind the scenes, they would have not gone through with this if they didn't get legitimate world-class track stars to play the role of Cliff and and that race, that that famous race that he ran. They wouldn't have done the whole thing. They said it was not going to be a joke. So they had four track stars in the blocks start off and run 100 meters. That was brilliant. They, They raced right by me. I said, oh, my God. I've never seen guys run that fast. And then right when they cross the finish line, they have an actor portraying Tom Flores with the stopwatch because Coach Flores was there working out Cliff. And then, you know, they moved the story over to Fred Bolitnikoff, and Freddie comes out, and the crowd goes crazy, and Freddie's throwing balls to Cliff, who was played by Jacoby Ford. Bravo to Jacoby. And the story was Cliff was dropping passes, but Freddie was teaching him how to catch and hold on to the ball. Then they get to Jim Plunkett, and Jim Plunkett does the 99-yard pass. The recreation, Jacoby Ford playing Cliff goes 99 yards holding the ball in the air into Cliff's corner, which was superimposed, and they put work into that. And then the thing that got me emotionally was then the Cliff Branch character was slapping hands with the black hole before he went into the tunnel, and he died unexpectedly. And I'm sitting there going, whoa, what was that? And they pulled that off from one corner of the end zone to the other, to the far corner. And I walked away and said, that took guts to pull that off. That really worked well. And then all the gold jackets were on the field. And to hear the ovation for Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, and Charles Woodson was special. But then to hear the ovation for Jim Otto, oh, my God, that was roaring. As Jim Otto with his wheelchair is out there again. I hope we see that group again. 
the same group again. But, you know, some guys are passing on. And I hope these gentlemen who were there live a much longer life and are here for a while. Thor in Vegas. First guy I saw at the Black Hole tailgate in the morning. How are you, Thor? JT, my brother. I'm good, man. I'm I'm great. I'm I'm great. I know the last couple of times I called in, I was kind of I was fired, more fired up. And you think I'd be more fired up now to the third straight win? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just happy now. I, don't, I'm, I haven't been hearing people talk all this nonsense of tank or stuff like. I'm just happy we're winning. I'm happy to see great heart from this team, from a two and seven team to a five and seven team after two mm-hmm. overtime road victories and a tough division battle. Like, they're, they're fighting, and they're showing me that heart. That's all I want. All I want is to see it. I understand what the new coaching schemes and mm-hmm. all that is going to take time, and I'm, and I'm seeing I'm seeing the passion. And that's what, as, as fans, that's what we want from our team, right? We want them to fight. That's, and so I'm, I'm happy, brother. I'm happy, man. Good. I'm going I'm to enjoy another victory, Sogi, tonight. So. Sounds good, man. <laughs> take care, Thor. Good to talk to you, man. Great to see you out there. Appreciate your support of the show. Good luck with your podcast. And hanging out with the Black Hole is how I start off all my Sundays. You know, when the Raiders' schedule came out, world champion Rams, dynasty Patriots, six-time Super Bowl champs Steelers, 49ers, and Chiefs. Holy cow, those are the last five games. And the Raiders can win them all. I'm not predicting they're going to win them all, but they can beat all those teams because the way they're playing now with the aggressive style and the stars coming out to play. This is the flagship of the silver and black. Jacobs to the left of Carr and the shotgun. Snap. Back to pass. Walking left. Lofting left. To the end zone. Adams grabs it falling down. Touchdown Devontae Adams. He was on his backside and the ball landed in his lap. One play. One touchdown. Great play by Devontae. You know what would be a good topic for one day is what's a fair amount? What should be the average for Devontae targets in a game I think it's got to be over 12 really it's got to be over 12 I think you got to start with 12 because whenever you throw the ball to him he gets his hands on it makes a play and changes the pace of the game you can't get away from Devontae for a quarter you got to get him going and when Derek finally got him going because he was nowhere to be found early Derek threw him a ball at the line of scrimmage I think he caught it one yard and ran and ran for a first down, and it got him going in the game. And then Devontae ended up having a monster performance. That's what's important for Devontae. You got to get him going early, the first touch of the game, the second touch of the game, because now there are two All-Pro superstars. I'm talking All-Pro, not Pro Bowlers. Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. Get them going early in the game. And I can't believe it. I've been sitting here now almost an hour. How many Chandler Jones calls do we have? One. I think we had one. I think one person mentioned Chandler Jones. I've been calling for this all year. Where's the respect for the people you're bashing on this show all year long? Where's the respect when they show up and play a good game? I mean, it's we did this with Coach McDaniels a few weeks ago. Where is the passion for Chandler Jones having a monster game the way he did? He changed that game. Raiders do not win that game without Chandler Jones yesterday, period, including having the great Mad Max Crosby on the team. Chandler Jones was an X factor and he's supposed to do that a lot. 
And it finally happened, but he's shown up in the stat sheet. He's set the edge. He's been pretty good this year, but not in the category that you care about the most, sacks. We had a great sack game. Let's hear it for him. 702-365-9200. Out to Henderson. Rob, you're up next. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Uh, so, yeah, pretty much I'm going to kind of read your coattails right now, but this defensive line, you know, it's finally coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's taken a while, and right now in December and hopefully January, that's what we need to, uh, you know, have our strongest uh, core areas be our offensive and defensive line. You know, the defensive line uh, with the addition of Jerry Tillery, who has been really good for Ziggler for scooping up that guy because he's ignited this defense with that A-gap pressure. You know, we get the A-gap pressure, it opens up everything else for everybody else, if you know football. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing with the offensive line. You know, our, our center, Andre James and Parham, and um, bars are really, really just gelling together, you know. Mm-hmm. It takes time for the, the lines, you know, the big boys up front, both sides of the ball, to gel. That's the most cohesive unit you have to be on the field. If you don't win that, you don't win the game. Um, it was great to see the, the branch uh, tribute yesterday, JT. Um, it was great to see Raider Nation get loud, get loud on third down. My voice is still gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just really hope we can keep this momentum one game at a time, you know. Football is a it's a growing process. It's a plant. We planted the seed. You know, we didn't get any sprouts early on in the season, but we're kind of blooming. And I hope we continue to bloom, JT. Yeah, thank Later. you. I want to give Cleland Farrell, thanks for the call, some respect, too. He's been out there. He's not checked out. He's playing for his future. He's playing for his future in this league. I thought after his efforts, good. Bilal Nichols is a real player. Billings got hurt the game before, but he had a big game in Seattle. Neil Farrell Jr., uh, the players that are out there, Butler, Matthew Butler, but Jerry Tillery, I thought, was brought in to give an idea of what the playbook looked like in advance of the game. I'm not saying I know that to be true, but a lot of times you bring in a guy who played for another team, you get their playbook, you understand what they're doing, and his energy level has been sky high. His energy level has been fantastic. So Odell Beckham Jr. is in Dallas today. He's taking a look at the Cowboys here. You can be a mercenary now in the NFL. Uh, Justin Verlander signed with the Mets. That's a big deal. And the Phillies have signed shortstop Trey Turner away from the Dodgers. Ready for this? 11 years, $300 million. Uh, Yeah, what? 11 years, $300 million, Trey Turner to Philadelphia from the Dodgers. That's a massive move there. So there's some big baseball moves going on. I think there's going to be a few more. And the Yankees re-sign Cashman through 2026. I don't believe it. I cannot believe that. So Cashman gets an extension as the Yankees wait on Judge. Brazil looked amazing today against South Korea. We're keeping an eye on that in the World Cup. A World Cup game. So Brazil 4-1 and Croatia Oh, Bobby, we got to get that on. Big Fox. Croatia, Japan 1-1. Uh, penalty kicks. I want to see that as that plays out here. As the USA soccer team gave it a fight, got to the knockout round, but we're going to see this there. But Brazil's uh, win over Korea 4-1, to uh, that's a big deal. So that's where we're at, everybody. We had a great day yesterday at Allegiant Stadium for those who stood there. Again, when I leave the building, and one of, I'm one of the last people out of there, literally, and I see the team of people lining up to clean the stadium – and they're all in a great mood, and they got Raider gear on, and they get paid to come in afterwards. They're outside in the line waiting to come clean it. I want to give a shout-out to those workers. Those workers work hard, 
hard, and they were excited. And many of them are Raider fans and waving. And that was cool as I was walking to my car last night. Good to be in the month of December with the Raiders playing meaningful games. It's always supposed to be this way. We're brought to you by Virgin Hotels right here in Vegas.